Let's do it. Welcome back to another edition of Thunderstruck, your unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We are back here at the Icebox, as always, after a big three-game sweep this past weekend. Six uh, beeps. Six beeps. Six honks. Six honks. Oh, that used to be a thing. Four yeah, two, hon- two honks, or, or, you know, when the bus leaves on, on the road, you know, you honk the horn twice as you're leaving the arena. So uh, six points over the weekend, big wins over Sioux Falls. That was an exciting game. Oh, my gosh. That was... Talk about back and forth, man. Tug of war. They get some. We get some. Looked a little bleak at one point. Penalty kill rose up, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little more in depth later. Definitely a 5-6 shootout victory over the Sioux Falls Stampede. We host Sioux, Sioux City on that Saturday night. Take off a big win after what happened uh, last week, two weeks ago, with uh, Sioux City rolling down when they uh, when they swept us. So, Yeah, we certain, certainly righted the proverbial ship. As we said, it's early. It's a long season. You're going to have some bumps in the road. I don't know if you remember this because it seems like it's forever ago. First off, if you remember, we got 11 games in February. That was our first three-game weekend. We have six games in the next 10 days. Uh, No, not in the next 10 days. Once we hit Friday of this week, we have six games in the next 10 days. We had 48 shots on goal Friday night. 48. 48. You need me to say that slower. 48. That's a four and an eight. That's a lot of shots on net there. And are, are you the one keeping track on those, or are you home cooking the stats there? You know what? No, I'm not going Tri-City on that. I don't know if you how often you watch flow hockey and pay attention to the slot machine that is the shot counter out at the, at the Viero Center, but no, we're pretty meticulous. Uh, you know, it, it is definitely a team game, keeping tra- track of shots on goal. None of us are goalie parents, so we don't try to cook the books. And by the way, a couple of weeks ago, there was some discussion in the USHL discussion board about what exactly counts as a shot on goal. I got my clarification. All right. I found it on NHL.com. There must be an intent, an intent to score for it to count as a shot on goal. Okay. Here, I'm going to post it right now on our YouTube feed. There you go. Everybody see that right there? there an intent. Go. So in other words, if I turn around and fire it to the other end of the ice on a zone clear and it happens to go in, it's probably a shot on goal because it went in. But if the goalie stops it, despite the people that are saying, well, if the goalie wouldn't have been there, it would have gone in. I always say a shot on goal, not a zone clear on goal. Not a puck that happened to bank off the board and then roll weird on an edge on goal. It is a shot on goal. And it has to either go into the net or be stopped by the goalie in the parameters of the net. It hits the pipe. If it shows wide, it's a shot, but it's not a shot on goal. To go back to your original question, we are not cooking the books over there because um, it always drives me a little crazy watching games in Tri-City where they outshoot everybody 73 to 14 and... And it looks good. Although they're 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 hurting they're their hurting their players because you're hurting your you're hurting your stats you're their hurting your percentages uh, the goalie save percentages unless you have people like Sergeyev and that new Corgi guy who comes up from the Null and and wins goalie of the week 
last week. For yeah, Chelsea. I mean, he came up as as uh, both their goalies were either hurt or playing internationally, and he went what four and zero for his five and zero. I think five and zero for his games up here. I think he beat set, us three times in Omaha yeah, twice. Get set back down to the NA. Been in Omaha twice. Uh, yeah, I mean, does even Omaha have any players left? I heard all they have is draft picks now. That could be. I don't even think anybody else is. I mean, it's going to be like. Lincoln pick, Omaha pick, Waterloo pick, Omaha, Omaha pick, pick, Omaha Fargo, pick, Omaha, Omaha pick. Yeah. Fargo, hey, you get a pick now. Youngstown pick, Omaha pick three times. Oh, yeah, there's an Eastern Conference, too. I forgot about those guys. Yeah. Who, who hasn't? I know. But uh, bright news is in the uh, last coach's comments uh, on, well, not I shouldn't say the last one. The last one here, Rocky was saying that there's been talks about opening up the interleague play uh, next year. So it sounds like we... Uh, Hopefully get to see some of these Eastern Conference teams next year. I hope so. I know that at least to a certain degree. I don't know that it'll be home and homes like they used to. It'll probably be a two-year schedule put together like we go to Youngstown next year and then they come here the year after that. Maybe not. I'm not the schedule maker. It'd look a lot different if I was. But, you know, gas is still three, four, but I'm sure those buses run on diesel, which is almost five bucks a gallon and and hotel rooms and food and everything. I heard I heard a stat the other day, the economist gene is now going to come out, that as of last week, it is costing the average American 371 extra dollars a month this year over what it cost us last year at the same time. $371 per month. I don't think my raise was that big per month this year. I'm pretty sure mine wasn't, but it is what it is, I guess. What are we gonna do about it? Sell a kidney. There we go. There Black market. <laughs> find, find some extra jobs, give some, sell some plasma. Something like that. So before we dive deeper in the show, we did not ask you about how your weekend was. Uh, big weekend for the, uh, the Cotter hockey player in the family uh, yesterday. Senior night, came out here. Craig announced all 12 of the seniors. I think Junior Stars is this weekend. Big, so it's a big, big night. We talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go back into it again. But if you get a chance, they, the, the moms and dads and Probably the moms in particular, at least that's the way it was at my house. I forwarded all the pictures, but Sherry put it together with these big photo boards and all this memorabilia. I know the junior stars. Right, where'd you get some of those week. photos at, Gene? I wonder. I, yeah, wonder. I don't know. I know the good ones were from some guy named B.A. Uh, all I know is I thoroughly enjoyed uh, making a certain hockey mom upset last night. I'm sure she's not a listener either. Uh, I'm sure not. But yeah, I, you know, how horrible is that that a professional photographer comes out of here uh, without even being asked out of the goodness of his own heart to take pictures and manages to piss somebody off? Hey, I walk in a building, I'll piss somebody off. So there it's, it's part of my charm. Might be something to be said for that, too. Part of my charm. The good news for me and Jared Haas, this is for you. The injury update of the week is I have not been re-injured, but I think BA has been re-injured. So we have uh, we have double bad knees we going do. on. Maybe that'll be double bad knees. I almost had to call Corey, man. I, I'm stepping off the bench. Weird angle on my knee, and uh, it did not my strained MCL or whatever it's called did not like it, and uh, took a tumble. And I'm sitting on the bench and sitting there like, oh crap, that's this hurts really bad. And and uh, the stick kids were they were laughing at me because they thought I just fell. I'm like, no, dude. So I kind of told them what was going on. And I was sitting there, and then all of a sudden, everything just got real fuzzy. And so the same thing did happen to you that happened. I'm to me. like, whoa! So I had to grab one of the water bottles on there and give myself a couple squirts in the face. I'm like, okay, calm down here, breathe a little bit. And yeah, they were when I went down there, like, you want me to go get Corey? I was like, God, no, don't get Corey's got enough. To deal I go. With I him. was like, if I fall over, yes, and pass out, go get Corey. But right now, no, go get me a wheelchair. I don't need Corey. Corey's got enough to deal with. He doesn't need to be dealing with with my unable to walk on the ice and then our other photographer sammy she took a tumble out on the parking lot on that same friday night so Did she really so uh the photographers were not doing too good on friday night here at the ice box mm. my favorite part is just trying not to step in an ankle deep 
water puddle out there in the parking lot. Especially, especially this time of year when, when all that snow is melting, it's what, 55, 60 degrees outside on, on a game right now. And, uh, it's nice and dark. It, it's, uh, it's the UNL there. lakes, UNL lakes out there right now. Yes. 10, the land of 10,000 lakes in the parking lot, hockey related stuff, hockey stuff coming up on the show. Who we got today? Patrick Raftery. Been, uh, been going to try to get him on all year. I know he was on last year, but he, um, I'm going to really talk to him about the job that the PK has done the last few games. Uh, Rocky talked about this a little bit. That the confidence this time of year really starts kicking in. That if you go look back last year, statistically, we started showing, scoring more shorties. He had an assist on one to Books the other night to tie it up. I don't know. We go into a power play down two goals and we come out. We come out tied fours apiece, and I didn't see it coming. That that uh, penalty kill right there, I did not see us scoring two shorties in that PK. It reminded me of youth hockey because it seems like every time a youth team goes like a squirt team, a U14, 12 U team goes on the power play, the other team, the shorthanded team, just has their way. That's the way it looked against Sioux Falls the other night. We just kind of had our way on the PK, and then we actually turned around and did the exact same thing. The next ended up not getting a goal on it, but we had a couple prime scoring opportunities on the PK the night after that. And Rocky just attested that to everybody's confidence, confident in what they're supposed to be doing, where they're supposed to be doing it, the lanes that they're supposed to be in. And man, it paid dividends big time on Friday night. It was looking, it was looking like the four game skid was going to five. And instead it ended up being a, a three game, the beginning of a three game winning streak. Yeah, definitely. When, uh, when Larry again scored that first shorthanded goal, I, I, I don't know who it was, but I was sitting by, sitting by somebody and he's like, it could be a game changer right there. And before we could finish the sentence, that's when Book scored the uh, well, scored the, scored another one. Siegel came over to tell us that it was uh, Larry's goal, and he was like, the look on his face was, my God, was that a snipe? I mean, that that thing was it was a laser from Larry, and Daniel Sambuco doing Daniel Sambuco things, cleaning up. Uh, Raf goes down, doesn't put it in the net, but puts it in a great position for Books to get the rebound, and he cleaned up the mess. And, you know, we, we've had a lot of conversation off the mic, B.A., about roles and role players. And at some point, I want to get Rocky on, and I just want to ask him, when you're putting together a roster, what does your realistic, perfect roster look like? Because, obviously, if everybody could have 13 Connor McDavid's and seven Kale McCars, that's what your probably your best roster would look like. I, I don't know if you go back and looking at the old Herb Brooks on the uh, old uh, Miracle on Ice team. You know, and he's not looking for the best players; he's looking for the right players. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, is so if I'm putting together a 23 person roster, obviously two of those are going to go to goalies, and I don't know what you want from a goalie other than to stop every shot that comes their way. So we'll just, uh, we'll just that's that's pretty good expectation yeah. for a goalie right there. <laughs> well, so we'll knock it down to. So now I have 13 forwards. So I'm assuming that I need X amount of guys that their job is to be pretty and score goals. And then there's X amount of guys that need to be... Win face-offs. Win face-offs. There's X amount of people that need to be the protectors. of. They're the gritty, I'm going to go into the corner and get dirty, gritty, physical, defensive line to shut down the scores on the other team. Then there's probably especially in a the way I've seen Rocky run his rosters the last few years with very skilled defensemen, and we're seeing it again this year. It seems like maybe we're relying on third, fourth, extra forwards to be kind of the enforcers. The, you mess with somebody, you're going to mess with us because the defensemen are, you know, Nelly came back and scored after Sioux Falls scored with 
I don't know, three, four, five minutes left the other night. Nelly. 17.45 of the, of the third period is when Nelly scored that goal. So he comes in and, and scores from the blue line. Uh, Bucky's an offensive defenseman. Tony's definitely an offensive defenseman. He scored, what, two goals over the weekend, including the evener up in Sioux City? Yeah, scored the shootout winner on Friday night. And, oh, my God. And with with Tony, that? man, it's most of the time, and I noticed it a lot watching the, uh, the high school game last night, is where you have a defenseman go up in the offensive zone. and the lower level, they're so worried about getting back to the position. But when when Tony does it, he knows that we're going to have a that your your winger or whatever is going to slide back. slide back and cover cover a spot. And you see Tony down behind the goal line. Sixty percent of his shift is down there because he's taking the puck in on the rush. And so when Aiden just to just to kind of carry that forward, so Aiden plays forward for the high school team, but he plays D on the travel team. And I think he's if he's not leading the team in scoring from the from the D spot on the travel team, he's pretty close because he does that. He comes in and engages, and I don't know if the other teams are like, well, that's a D, just let him go. Um, the bad news for him, not him, for the team is, is occasionally, unlike what we see out here, when Tony engages, a D, or I mean a forward automatically drops back on that team. All of a sudden you're playing with four forwards and one D back there, and so people, people see, That's, start that's what I noticed that. a lot last night in the high school game is you had your D come in there and, he has that puck, and he's like, oh, I'm not supposed to be down here. So he just leaves the puck and goes back to his, his position. And Well, so speaking of D, if we're putting together a seven-person decor and you have, what, four guys that are going to be more worried about being skilled and activating and engaging in the offense and putting the puck in the back of the net. And so then you have, I think about Joey Pierce. Um, I think about DJ Hart. I think about guys like that that are probably more defensive-minded defensemen. They're kind of shut down defense guys. I think about, I'm going to go back Kleber's to... is that way right now. Oh, Adam Kleber absolutely is. Jursev is too. I mean, both of those guys are defensive. They aren't engaging. I saw Jursev a couple of times this weekend kind of go that way, but I don't know that I've seen Kleber more than twice all year grab the puck and skate in and, and get involved in the offense. So you take Kleber, you take Hart, you take Jursev to a certain certain degree and there's, those are more defensive-minded defensemen. And I'm assuming on a perfect roster, you probably have a guy or two that are willing to goon it up. You're Mike McKees, you're Brandon Bullocks. Somebody who's willing, you're... you're yeah. Dominic Shine. Exactly. Speaking of Shiner, did you see him get suspended over the past couple of days? I did not. What uh, did he do? Apparently, he's sitting in the penalty box and uh, flipped off the TV camera, so you got a two-game sussy. Oh, well, you know, that's too bad. Yeah. Can't take it, then you shouldn't be a TV guy. He was just scratching his forehead, right? That's all he was Yeah, doing. the one-finger scratch, I, I do it all the time. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So now, um, I was going to mention it uh, as, as we're talking about this Sioux Falls game here a little bit. Uh, Tanner Lucky's back on the score sheet, picking up the first two goals. What I found ironic was uh, he was using one of Marcy's sticks. I, I noticed this on, on the bench because as, as we talked about pregame warm-ups, everybody has their own kind of routine. And one of Marcy's is he comes out with his stick, well, I don't know. I shouldn't say it's his primary stick, but he comes out with a stick like every, everybody does. Then halfway through uh, warm-ups, he switches sticks. And he had his stick sitting off the side. And I kind of look at it, I go, it says Marcellus on it. It's not uh, Ludes on, 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 this, on the, on the nameplate of the stick. And I see Corey take Tanner's stick, put it back, and Tanner walks off with Marcellus' sticks and comes to, obviously starts the game with that one and scores goals. So I'm like, hey, was that, a, was that Marcy's stick you scored those two goals on? He's like, yep. I go, he goes, I think I'm going to keep using this one. And why wouldn't you? As a as a baseball player, if I had a bat that was working, I rode that I rode that until until 
it didn't get hits anymore. It was always about the equipment. It was never about the guy. Yeah, always, always about the, you know, what they say, what, if you look good, you play good, right? If you look Absolutely. Good, play good, so. Right. Yeah, no superstitions at all in hockey or baseball. None. So it was good stuff. Uh, yeah, we needed that. Marcy's, Mar Marcy had a couple goals, didn't he, up in Sioux City on Sunday? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on Sunday. Yep. He's, he's Tony a had a couple goals. Tanner had a couple goals. Um, defense was back in. I think we were just talking about Jersef not really being that offensive, but he had a couple apples over the weekend. Uh, it was just it was just all around. I don't know that it was pretty hockey. I, I talked about we averaged what did I tell you? Thirty nine point six seven shots on like goal. That. I think that's what it was. We averaged just short of forty shots on goal per game over the weekend. I know we heard earlier this year that Rocky would like fifteen shots on goal per period, and we were like, "Yeah, well, that's not that hasn't been happening. That's you know, forty is still not." Th but they were they were coming early and often. Best thing for me for the weekend was we gave up thirty six to Sioux Falls on Friday night, then we gave up twenty six to Sioux City on Saturday night and Sunday, sixteen shots on goal total on Sunday. So they dropped ten shots on goal. That's getting it done. That's also kind of a return to what we do, playing from the net out. And I wonder we keep talking about physicality and I didn't get a chance to watch the game much on Sunday. I did go back and watch just because of the text that you were sending me while I was running this little conference up in Omaha about uh the bloodbath that was all over the ice in front of and, ours. And after. to be fair, it was not about the meatballs and sauce. During the intermission, they were talking about uh, on Rocky's post or coach's show on outside the box about Rocky's meatballs and sauce. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, that sounds good. I want some of that. It happened to be at the same time when uh, Ali breaks his nose on a high hit and uh, there's just, talk about there was sauce all over the ice. What, basically. what happened to Mr. Zugers for that high hit that he got? Uh, a little supplemental disciplinary came down from the USHL today. Six games suspension. Six games. So he's going to be he's going to be out for probably the rest of the month of February. Sitting right there with uh, Omaha's Will Diamond. Yeah, who got? He's probably down to what five games of like seven that. game suspension, something like that. It's been a while since we saw some big uh, big numbers in the in the sus suspension department like that. Yeah, I, and just kind of, I don't know that I would have seen that from Zugers. I mean, we, we saw him here. He, he's the guy who, quote, unquote, fought with Klovs the other day. But I was kind of hoping for a rematch on, on Saturday. Yeah, Klovs has definitely been getting a little more involved, engaged physically. We've turned the physicality back up a little bit. Still wouldn't mind it being a little. But, you know, we're also at that time of the season where we're in the dog days of the season. Everybody's a little nicked up and banged well, up. You and mentioned that you wouldn't mind seeing it get turned up just a little bit. But with the trade deadline fast approaching, uh, Lincoln made a move that we'll get into here a little bit later. Yeah, I, but I, I started to go there, but I thought maybe but we'll save that. But before we get into that move, uh, we, we should mention that uh, we had a new player come in on Friday. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln made a move for to Muskegon uh, for their assistant captain, their sec second leading defenseman in points, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler Dunbar on what did we send up there? Draft pick. Yeah, a couple draft picks, draft, I think. Yeah, like so. uh, one one phase one, one phase two, like a sixth and a second or something like that. But here, I, as you said, and to go back to our roster composition thing. Um, if you go look at Tyler's got, I don't remember what it is, 40 PIM, something like that. But it's, it's, uh, he, he is another one of those offensively minded. Yeah. And it, you notice that about halfway or maybe halfway, three quarters away through the game on Friday where he started engaging a little bit more. He kind of just felt out, felt out the Western Conference style of play the first, you know, 35, 40 minutes of the, of the, of the game, then kind of figured out, hey, 
we can get down get down here and, and engage a little bit. Yeah, I, and I'm kind of excited to talk about this. The guy that we traded for is no stranger to Stars fans, and I'm not gonna. We won't unwrap that package yet. We'll we'll save it a little bit because that's kind of been something that's missing a little bit since Sparks left and, and Mo we, left and, and whatever was that. We've guy been that, big proponents on, on this show all even going back to last year about having that that kind of player. Yeah, we need we need a goon. We need somebody that somebody from the other team is going to be okay. Where's that dude at? Where's my head better be on a swivel because if you're paying just a little bit less attention to the puck because you're wondering where this guy's at. And I tend to believe, based on what we've seen in our own building from this guy, that's what he's going to bring is that kind of that Jack Sparks presence whereby I don't know what he's going to do for you offensively um, as a forward, but he's somebody who seemingly isn't going to be afraid to hit you or fight you or or he, he definitely plays with some edge. Uh, yeah, so we bring in Tyler Dunbar. Um, he jumped right in. He was on the PK. He was on the power play over the weekend. He looked really good. I think there was some confusion when Ali got popped the other day that, that it maybe was him because... Um, I, yeah, I thought yeah, I thought so too. I mean, obviously watching it on Flow Hockey, it's not an NHL TV broadcast, so it's not in super high definition, and it's kind of hard to read numbers a little bit, but you get the, uh, the 18 eight. and the 8. They, you know, at the weird angles, they, it looks like the same number. Yeah, you know, Zuger's left his feet to hit, to hit Ollie in the I face. I mean, so. Zuger's a short little guy too. So I mean, you gotta, you gotta get up there if you want to hit somebody in the head. Yeah, I, you know, and I watched it. He didn't exactly like go 18 inches off the ice, but he definitely left his feet, and that's probably why he's got six games, is because he left his feet. He went for the head. It's kind of like a targeting in football calls that. Crown of the shoulder right in there. I'm sure he just hit him right. But how badass is that of Ali that he missed maybe a shift, maybe two shifts? And what I what I found interesting, and a, I had to explain, maybe it, had a blood transfusion in between to, to refinish to refill the tank. If if you know anything about uh, what Corey does when he has to um, stop these uh, broken nosebleeds, basically you just shove gauze up somebody's nose and hope it stays there. Uh, I believe it was Brennan's first shift back. He's going behind the net, and that gauze falls out, and there's a trail of blood oh, <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I uh, banged my head off the bottom of a swimming pool one time, and that was that the way it was. was like contrails from a jet plane coming out of my nose as I came up. It was uh, not pretty. It's a good sight. Not pretty. You know, uh, before, we, before we take our break and we get Raph on real quick, I was looking at the, uh, the box scores of the, the three games this weekend. How did Tony not get defenseman of the week? Two goals and a shootout winner. BA, the next time we solve how the uh, USHL picks these players is uh, going to be. Right. I mean, we had a couple weeks ago where we're thinking Whitey, hands down, deserved to be goalie of the week, and somebody with considerably fewer stats ends up getting it than, I don't know, you know, things last year like players of the year and all USHL. I don't, I don't know how those things are determined. First off, I don't know if, if it said when you read it, was Tony nominated? Because I don't even. I, know I don't know if they. Him. I don't know if they show nominations. I don't think this is the Grammys. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, they do. They'll say do they? other people that are nominated. Oh. And usually, there's not a ton, and and so I don't know. You know, just like everything else, I don't read the articles. I just look at headlines. Right. I go to the bottom. You know, read the fine print and make sure that you know everything is capiche. Did you think you'd hear the word capiche today? Capiche. Yeah. What is this? Full House. 
Uh, I don't know. Is Capisha is that a, is that an uh, Uncle Jesse? Uncle Jesse says Capisha gotcha. quite a bit. Full House. All right. Well, so I must. It must be lodged in my in my subconscious somewhere because I went to the right. And for those there. who don't know, uh, Full House was a show in the '90s, so young kids have no clue. You might know Fuller House on that. Fuller House. Actually, my boys have both watched complete reruns of the original Full House, too. It's a good show, man. TGIF on Fridays. You know, you got Full House. You got Family Matters. Mindless TV is what you're saying. It's all good stuff, man. Takes me back to my childhood. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with Raph on the line, and we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into the uh, trade. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Makar. Kill Makar. He scores. Gensel. The goalie scores. Jake Gensel. All were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really that's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms president Andrew Goldman. It went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that (laughs) added. I want that added. shaking your head now for i'm agreeing with you because he has absolutely killed us this year well so far finger guns has meant sam shut up so yeah that's that's not helping i'm trying to process okay check out the dump and chase podcast every wednesday on western reserve radio youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts listen that like was frightening All right, boys, girls, and children, as promised, now joining us is number nine, Patrick Raftery. Raff, how you doing this evening? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. It's been a long time coming. It's uh, your last year was your, your last appearance, so we've uh, we've kind of had you in the queue a few times, and things have come up a little bit. I but... think we might have had him on during camp, maybe. Yeah, main camp was the last time. Oh, yeah. Well, so you're going to have to collect on your, your watermelon sour patch a little bit uh, at some We're point. We're still waiting on that sponsorship, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So anything you can you can help us out with there, let us know. So, all right, let's uh, let's talk about year two in the USHL. Just start off by telling us a little bit about how how Patrick Raftery's season has been going so far. Yeah, I mean, this year compared to last year, definitely um, had a lot more confidence out there, and you know, playing a little bit of a bigger role has helped with that. And you know, I feel like this year I'm definitely playing better hockey and feel like my game has improved a lot so it's been a lot of fun so far what's been the biggest difference you've noticed from last year to this year when you talk about confidence you know confidence confidence comes with comfortability so what what has uh, the bigger role obviously you got to have you got to be comfortable and you got to be confident to get those bigger roles so what has the game just slowed down for you what has led to those yeah i feel like this year i'm kind of trying to hold on the pucks more like last year i was more of a you know, more nervous to like make mistakes. So I was dumping pucks in and not holding on the pucks and, you know, looking to move it right away. Whereas this year, I feel like if I'm holding on the pucks more and, you know, analyzing the game more, I can slow it down and make the better play instead of the first play. So that's kind of the biggest difference I've noticed. 
one thing I've always noticed about Patrick Raftery is that you never hurt for for energy out there. You're a you're one of the Oh, I love watching you forecheck. I love watching you back check. And I'm going to talk about after after that, um, just how big of a dividend that that paid, especially late in the game on Friday night on the penalty kill. But just talk about your mentality when it comes to back checking and forechecking, because that's not I mean, that's not pretty work. That's gritty work. Hey, it's back check, forecheck, paycheck. There you go. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I've always kind of had that high motor and that's been the biggest part of my game. And I feel like as long as I'm moving my feet, I'm kind of in the game and staying focused. So I always just wanted to be the hardest worker on the ice to like always get noticed that way. And the rest will come with that. Unfortunately, there's not a stat that goes along with that. But um, I think there might be a postseason team award for the Booster Club for the hardest worker. Is there? I think so. At, they, le- at least back do? in the day when I was a part of the Booster Club on the, on the board, we had one. I don't know what it is like now. Gotcha. 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 Well, you're definitely a candidate in my books, Raph. Um, and I will tell oh, you, you that one of the things that I particularly saw, it paid big dividends on Friday night. You guys, uh, Larry comes out with a snipe on the PK, then, then you and Books, and I don't remember who else was on that line, came out and tied it up. But it was exactly that. It was the pressure, the relentless pressure of Patrick Raftery that caused it. You went on a breakaway. Fortunately, Books was following right, right behind you to, to clean it up a little bit. But just Rocky said, I don't remember what night it was this week, but he was discussing about how much more comfortable everybody gets with the penalty kill this time of year because you're now better with, you're better with positions. You're better with routes you need to be taking on things. Um, is that the way you see it out there on the ice too? Yeah, for sure. Especially on Friday after seeing Larry get so much space on the PK and we were going out next, I kind of just told Books like, look, if we get the puck, like, don't be afraid to spring it if you have space. Like, don't just auto dump it right away. And he got a turnover in the D zone and I kind of flew the zone and he found me and then worked out well. So now like Buko and I have been killing together for a while now and we're used to each other out there on the kill. So we kind of know the rotations and where they go and it's been really helping like our pk as a team has been great so really leads to success you almost got another one i want to say it was on saturday night kind of a similar yeah, situation it was the next night yeah didn't, yep. didn't end up getting to convert on that one but raf how much does that bring to the overall team game when a team has to come in and account for that from a penalty kill too and like you know you guys you guys have always been pretty good at blocking shots uh, your PK has always, I don't, I guess I don't know statistically, I didn't look before we came in if you're still tops in the league. So you're, you're definitely, if you're not still at the top, but you're near the top. But then when all of a sudden you add this renewed scoring threat, just how big of a, is a deal is it to bring that in, into the game as well? Yeah. I mean, anytime we can get a shorty in a game, it's a huge difference maker. Like, the ice will definitely tilt to our side because taking penalties is tough in this league. Like some power plays are just so lethal, but when you can kind of turn into just trying not to get scored on into scoring a goal yourself, like it's a big difference maker throughout a game. So it's huge to be able to get those. So one thing I noticed, I know you uh, took a pretty big shot. I think it was in Tri City earlier this year in the head. I know you missed a game, a couple games, uh, somewhat recently. You know, how hard is it to keep yourself ready to roll? And I don't mean mentally. I'm just talking about the physical grind of playing in the USHL. I mean, you guys are in the middle of 
an 11 game February, you're about to enter a stretch where you're playing six games in 10 days. So the first thing I'd like you to talk about, Raph, is is how you've recovered and the things that you do to recover from the kind of the dings that you've experienced this year. And then talk about what do you do to prepare for a stretch like you're about to go into? Yeah, I mean, our schedule kind of allows us to work with Corey and um, he's a great trainer. He does well for us and he kind of knows, he's been around for a while, so he knows like how to keep us ready and always have energy for games. Like if we're facing a three on three coming up, then, you know, our coaching staff and him know how to like set us up for success. And he really worked with me throughout my injury and got me back quicker than I probably would have, which was huge. And he's been doing a great job this year as he always does, which has been huge. And like looking in the weekends, preparing for those, I mean, they just like, they set out the schedule for the week and we have it pretty like uptight. So we know like how to get it figured out for a big weekend and like what's ahead of us. So it's been good. So I'm sure they lay out the practice schedule, but does that schedule include drink plenty of water and take an ice bath on certain nights and, you know, quit eating junk food after a certain period of time? Or is that stuff that you have to take care of? Chipotle, uh, junk food. Let's be honest. Does that count? (laughs) That's definitely an accountability factor for us. Like we got to be accountable of what we put in our bodies and know what's best for us and teams. Yeah. And so when do you, when do you start like doing things? Like if you know, uh, you know, for example, I had a player a few years ago who would say, I don't eat any junk food after Tuesday because I need to detox my body. I need to, you know, I need to get the ice cream out of my body and be ready to go. I need to be in top physical form. Do you have certain rituals that you follow to make sure that you are hydrated and have nutrition and, and have to fuel that motor that you have? I mean, something that burns that hot has to, has to have the fuel to do that. So is there a ritual that you go through certain mandates that you put in place in your, for yourself nutritionally and fluid intake and those types of things rest? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when it comes to Thursday, I'm always trying to chug waters throughout the day and we always have chicken thursday nights and fridays during the day before games we have chicken and rice and that's kind of like set in stone like that's every single week which i think helps a lot with preparation and like throughout the week always trying to just stay hydrated that's huge did we see it right raft the other day um was it just us or did mangan like set up for a michigan on i don't remember was it friday night or saturday night? friday night that was on sunday well, he tried it Friday and Sunday. I I know I noticed it on Fridays because I have a photo of him coming around the net and the, the puck's just ever slow rolling off the end of his stick. But it, it's yeah, it's flat on there. Like he definitely has a look like he's gonna try it. Yeah, I mean he pulled one off in practice a couple weeks ago, and I think that kind of gave him the confidence to think he can do it in a game. Which I mean, if he can, then that'd be pretty cool. I've seen Dougie try it a few times in warmups. Uh, who's better at it, Doug or uh, Mangan? <laughs> I mean, Doug, you might not like this, but definitely <laughs> Megan. Well, we'll make sure Doug doesn't listen to that part. How's that sound? So, Rev, how how hard? I mean, I don't know. People sit out here and think, well, Michigan, everybody's trying to do it. Zegras does it. All these people do it. I don't think it's as easy as just saying, oh, I'm going to do the Michigan. Talk about what all goes into I that. can't even get the puck on my stick. If I wanted the puck on my stick, I'd have to bend down, pick it up, and stead it on there myself. And then hope that it stays there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, how, I mean, how hard is that? it's not the easiest thing to do without no pressure and no 
like all the time in the world. And then once you're in a game and uh, there's five other guys trying to stop you and you don't have the time, it's really tough to pull off. It's tough to find that time throughout a game. Like you might only get that time once throughout a game if that. So it's kind of just knowing the right time and you have to do it quick. So it's definitely pretty tough. Okay, I have a question for you. We were standing here, sitting here last night watching a high school game, and a kid from one of the yeah. teams picked up the puck, put it on his stick, and skated the length of the ice with the, with the puck on the blade of his stick. Did he? Went down and, and tried to throw it in over the, over the goalie's shoulder. Is that legal? Like he picked it up with his hand and put no, it on no, his stick? No, he, he did it like he was doing a Michigan, except he did it at the in the defensive zone. Is that traveling? Because yeah, you're not is dribbling? Like traveling in football <laughs> no, I mean, basketball? I, or? I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, but I'm pretty sure it's legal as long as it's not a high stick. Yeah, we were asking that last night. No, it was, he was carrying it about waist high, and he just went in on goal and like tried to flip it over the goalie's shoulder. And, you know, nobody like smacked the <laughs> stick to knock it off while he was faster than everybody. But it was like we were all looking at, can you do that? Is that legal? Because none of us had ever seen oh, it. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it is. All right. I think that would only happen in one of those lower level, uh, Lower level leagues, because if anybody did that in the USHL, man, you're getting you're getting uh yeah. your your S rock for sure. You wouldn't yeah. have, you wouldn't have the Probably time to not a good, it. Yeah. Right on. Um all right, well, you got off eleven games in February. You got the first three, you got coming up starting this weekend, six of six games in ten days, a lot of them on the road. Uh, the dog days have started. Let's go, let's go keep those wins rolling in, Raf. Oh yeah. It's all gonna right. be a big Right on. Thanks, Raf. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Need a windshield for your everyday driver? Call Waverly Glass Company. Need a windshield for your hot rod? Call Waverly Glass Company. Need a windshield for your old school classic car? Call Waverly Glass Company. See their new shop, Waverly Glass, now open at 1400 Cornhusker Highway. We do good work. Not all car problems are mechanical. These days, the source of your car trouble might be a computer issue. Southside Auto Tech has kept up with technology for 25 years with ASE certified technicians and the latest factory diagnostic equipment. From your dashboard to your transmission, Southside Southside Auto Tech has the tools and the know-how to fix the problem, whether it's mechanical or technical. Southside Auto Tech, just south of 48th and Highway 2 on Rentworth Drive. Southside Auto Tech, mystery solved. Hey, Stars fans. Head to the App Store on your smartphone to download the official Lincoln Stars hockey app, powered by True North Technologies. Get instant access to our roster, schedule, radio feed, and more right on your home screen. Thank you, True North Technologies, and let's go Stars. The Dump and Chase podcast is the unofficial fan podcast of the Youngstown Phantoms, but it's not always about hockey. Have you ever played golf? No, uh, you should see me on the driving range. It's scary. I, I haven't played in a few years, but I think the last time I played, I shot like an 83. On 9 or 18? On 9. Still not bad compared to me. Yeah. I mean, it would have been 80, but the windmill kept getting in the way. The Dump and Chase podcast. Every Wednesday at 5.06 on Western Reserve Radio. Welcome back to Thunderstruck, your unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. Gene, we teased it at the beginning of the show, halfway through the show, and uh, probably at the end of the show a little bit. Uh, big trade came out today as the Lincoln Stars send defenseman Mary Moscow to Fargo for... German Yavash. Yeah, and again, I don't think he's any stranger to Stars fans. A couple things that he's done this year. First off, 
I remember very clearly his first game with Fargo last year when he came in here with all the hair. We're like, who's the 40 year old out there? No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. He's a big kid. He was 18 then, too. (laughs) He's like six foot three, big dude. He's definitely noticeable. He's got a haircut this year, uh, so he doesn't look quite as Hanson Brothers as he did as he did a year ago. But yeah, German Yvash, I think he got to town today. Keeping in mind that of the trade deadlines, I believe today, Tuesday, I always got to remember that since we only as of recording this, week, this podcast on Tuesday, Tuesday, February 7th was the uh, international players trade deadline. So uh, yeah, Moscow, Moscow being, being an international player and import, whatever they're, whatever they're calling them and Yavash. So they made some trades there. A um, couple of other big moves from around the league. Nate Benoit goes to Waterloo. Um, if you remember that he was, he started in tri city last year, got traded Omaha. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. He got traded to Omaha. I don't remember who went to went to Tri City in know. that trade, but he I mean he was a tender, so he's a heck of a player. He just went to Waterloo and then is it Alex? Yep, Alex Bump from you, Tri or from Omaha <laughs> went down to Tri City for uh like nine thousand draft picks and something some like future that. considerations and yeah, it's big price to pay. Big price. I mean, Tri City is basically betting the future on right now. Yeah, they're not uh, well, and you know what are they fourth place, fourth place, something like that. Yeah, they're they're and looking it, at making a run from from the bottom to the top and saying let's let's bolster the line. And if you listen to Rocky's post game comments, I believe it was on Friday they were talking about trades a little bit, but with uh, Tyler Dunbar coming in, Rocky's like, I don't think we're in the position to bet the f- or we don't want to bet the future for now. So so the trade that we made today, uh, we traded with Moscow. Uh, middle of the road defenseman to a third line, fourth line forward is. It'll be interesting to see where that puzzle piece fits. It, 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 it is. And it adds something that we've lacked here as Gene and I, you know, say we don't have that physical type player. Um, obviously he's not coming into in being expected to score a bunch of goals. Right. But hopefully he's going to protect our goal scorers. If, if he was expected to do that, he would be expected to come in and do things he's never done. You know, he's kind of same thing when we brought Braden Standard in um, last year. We brought uh, Carson Biden's in. Yeah. And, and uh, on the on the trade note, uh, we sent Carson down to the affiliate, affiliate list. And it sounds like he's going to be playing some games in North Iowa. Gotcha. Yep. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we fit German in. Uh, I will say the other thing is, so if you remember Stars fans, I don't remember who the Tilly was with earlier this year, but he got up and and did the old one foot, uh, skated across, did I'm the champion, hushed the crowd and got a five for fighting, a 10 minute misconduct, and then a 10 minute unsportsmanlike conduct. So 25 minutes. Sounds like a Lincoln Star player from 1996. Could be could be and then the other thing he did is on one of his however many goals he scored this year i think it was uh, against des moines actually and, it, it, and it was a big goal i think it was a, a, a game-winning goal so it was magnificent there was all sorts of people that were fired up on the ushl website i thought it was hilarious he hit the gritty it's time to bring back the gritty cam yeah <laughs> yeah we need to go get that put him in a in a lincoln stars jersey and and have yavash hit the gritty as he's as he's skating around so I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing how that all plays out. Uh, see yeah, how yeah, and it fits in just what we were talking about earlier with roster management and where where players fit in and and their roles. So it's going to be interesting to see see what his role is going to be like in, in a Stars uniform. And we have roughly 20 days after today before the trade deadline, trade deadline, and then you get into March, and then you're 
open to your affiliates playing all sorts of games. So it'll be interesting to see where we where we go from here. You said earlier we're in third place. We're we're technically well, we're three points behind Waterloo, but they also have one more game played than us. So uh, who knows? We're we're still looking for maybe a first round bye in the playoffs. There's a lot of season left to go. I think we're 38 games into a 62 game season, so 24 games yep. left to go. I think that's going to wrap it up. Before we wrap things up, uh, I, I'm going to speak for Gene here and uh, send our prayers and thoughts to off-ice official uh, Eric Heckman, who unfortunately lost his daughter this past week. Yeah, 11-year-old uh, kind of came out of nowhere. So as you said, BA, thoughts and prayers to Eric and his entire family. I think the memorial service is next Monday morning. So uh, Thunderheads, please keep keep Eric. And, and Michaela was a twin, so I think... Uh, her twin, the whole family's got to just be devastated. So please keep them in your thoughts and prayers, and we'll see you Friday night at the Icebox and then next Tuesday on Valentine's Day. So we'll see everybody here at the Icebox on Friday.